Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Bakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me this week, as my co-host, is the godfather of Football Garbage Time and former editor-in-chief of Football Extra Points, it's Scott King. How you doing, Scott? How's it going? <laughs> Understated, as always, Scott. Yeah, I'm do- going fine. Thank you, sir. And uh, we were just saying uh, just a little bit ago, talking about our travels. I know you've been doing a lot of traveling recently, and I mentioned, and I actually mentioned this with uh, Trev last week. Uh, you might not know this. I think you do know this because we traded some text messages about this. But I was at Comic Con in San Diego a couple weeks ago, and I was talking about how nice the weather is. And then I went up to LA, and I'm like, what the heck happened? I mean, not only, everything just went like south really fast, <laughs> and I just I couldn't figure it out. It's like the only place on earth can have a nine-lane highway and be like a parking lot. I don't get that, you know. I just I don't understand it. But you know, you go to LA every so often, right? Yeah, I was spending some time out there and, and found found some nice places to grab a bite on Manhattan Beach. So if you can make your way through the traffic, there are some areas that are nice to, to park. <laughs> well, that's for sure. they definitely have good food. So I, I definitely will not I will not say bad things about um, their food. So we'll say that we'll keep it that way. I also won't say bad things about their football team, <laughs> by the way, because they are hosting. Yeah. Looking pretty far up at this point. Uh, but that being said, we have a lot to talk about today because we uh, just heard, of course, earlier today about the Sean Watson settlement with the NFL. We'll talk about that. And we have some thoughts and overreactions to the first week of the NFL preseason because that's what we like to do is overreact. And then we have some fantasy football draft advice based on our first draft of the season and much, much more. Let's get this rolling. All right, let's start with Deshaun Watson. Um, as we all know, Watson and the NFL have settled their disciplinary case uh, prior to the final ruling by arbitrator Peter C. Harvey, where Watson will serve an 11-game suspension and pay a $5 million fine for multiple violations of the league's personal conduct policy in what amounts to be the largest fine ever issued against an NFL player. The settlement also includes mandatory health counseling um, and uh, the Browns and NFL will donate an additional $1 million each to sexual assault prevention programs. The agreement features a significant suspension increase over the six game ban handed down by arbitrator Sue L. Robinson. And I'll tell you, um, Judge Sue Robinson, I've been before her before in my practice, and she's not usually a softball. (laughs) So um, surprising the six six game ban, but this is much, much longer than that. Um, and this also include, and of course, the original decision did not include any financial penalties. So $5 million, uh, surprisingly, uh, or unsurprisingly, much more than zero. The NFL appealed, of course, that ruling that uh, Judge Robinson sent, handed down, and they were seeking an indefinite one-year suspension. And although this outcome for Watson appears costly at $5 million in 11 games, it actually will help him in some ways because it will keep his current contract from tolling for one year. If he had been suspended for a calendar year, his fully guaranteed five-year $230 million extension of the Browns would not have begun until 2023. And that would have pushed his next free agency window out for a year and effectively wiped off an entire season of his career. In theory, that could have cost Watson 
uh, $46 million in average salary. Now, of course, he will just lose 11-game prorated portion of his $1.035 million salary, which works out to about $632,000 uh, $632, alongside the $5 million fine. So, of course, in a statement with the Browns, uh, Watson said, quote, I apologize once again for any pain the situation has caused. He said much more about it. But let's turn to our thoughts on this suspension and this entire series of events, because there's a lot that's built up to this point. Uh, what do you think here, Scott? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, the, the whole situation is just really terrible, and what he's accused of is, is awful. Um, but the, the, the way he's handled it and the messaging that he puts around it and whatever advice he's getting from his attorneys and his PR people on what to say has just been terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes out, you know, the Browns issued this, this statement, um, you know, that, that Deshaun is, um, you know, happy that it's closed and ready to move forward, whatever. And then as soon as he gets in front of a mic, he's like, he starts going off and saying, this doesn't mean I'm guilty. I stand on my innocence. I'm going to fight. for." It's like, come on, you know, just move on or, or, or be in trite and, and just try to, you know, move on past this. But it's, I don't know. It just seems like every time he gets in front of a mic or one of his reps or his attorneys, they just end up saying stupid, you know, why are you even saying this? Why are you continuing? You know, the idea behind the settlement is, let's settle it, move on, you know, there were mistakes made, whatever you want to say, but yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense to me, the messaging, what's being put out. It, it's really been, from that standpoint, has been handled poorly, not even to mm-hmm. address what he's been accused of or anything, but sure. he's just not, it's like he doesn't get it, in yeah. my opinion. Well, I think I think you're right there, um, Scott. I think the problem is that his PR team has not done a good job of de- to delivering to him a unified message. You know, I think that's probably the best way to do it. I mean, if he wants to maintain his innocence, that's fine. But the fact that he settled it means he wants to move forward past it, right? And I think you know you can say it once, and that's good enough. I think you you continue with um, you know saying you know saying the right things. You know, just saying that you that there are issues here that you want to you're glad that we're able to resolve them and you want to move forward and then you can redirect that way. But you're right. I think that by pushing it back and kind of, you know, uh, focusing on innocence and all this other stuff, you really are kind of reopening the issue for litigation in the public, in the court of public opinion. And that doesn't seem to make sense at this point Um, because he's not winning that one. Right. I mean, he certainly isn't. So it just seems like it's best to kind of take this and say, uh, you know, there there were mistakes that were made and this is, who you know who we are and i'm going to be better and i promise you i'm going to be better and let's move forward and i'll see you in week 13 you know yeah and i so, think the nfl still has some issues to deal with here because you know you look at just last year calvin ridley while he was off put some bets on FanDuel, who the nfl makes a ton of money off of a lot of partnership stuff with and he yeah. gets 16 games Yep. I mean, that's they just can't reconcile this stuff, and they just cannot get out of their own way in trying to figure out how to manage this. And I and I put it out there on Twitter. You know, if you remember back to the Ray Rice situation, he struck his girlfriend, fiance, I forget, and initially got like two games or one game or something, and then the video right. came out of him basically, you know, just knocking yeah. her. 
completely unconscious, and he got that was it. I don't think he. That was the end of his back. career. Yep. Yeah, it ended his career, and so, you know, not that there's video cameras in a massage parlor, but if there was one video snippet of something that he's accused of happening, he'd be dumb. He would never play again. Right. Right. Or, or he, or this would have settled like actually eight eons ago, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Just, right. It would have never yeah. been an issue. He might've um, intentionally, he might've decided to voluntarily take a, a one year suspension at that point. Well, I mean, I, I think it's the NFL has to, um, I mean, the problem is that the NFL has always evaluated things that impact the game on the field and said, that's worth more than things that impact society. And that's a problem. Right. I mean, that's a problem. I think the problem, I mean, I, I get it. They're kind of being consistent. They're saying, oh, you smoke pot and that impacts your, you know, what you do on the field. Oh, you got PEDs that affects what happens on the field. You, um, you know, you do whatever uh, in terms of betting and maybe that somehow affects what you do on the field. Um, oh, that's something that happens out. That's bad. That's wrong. We all think it's bad. It's wrong. But for, to, but for them, they prioritize things that affect the field. So for right or wrong, they need to get they need to really kind of, you know, find a way to reconcile all that because the NFL is bigger than that now. They're not they're no longer just a a sports league. They are now kind of in many ways setting the pace and, and really influencing people and generations to come. And you need to be able to address I mean, they can talk a big game about how they're worried about social issues and the impact on, on society, but until they do something about it and actually demonstrate they prioritize it at the same way they prioritize things that happen on, in the game, um, it's, it's not going to, the message won't be received that way. So I totally agree with you. And I also agree, Watson should probably fire his PR team, as you said on Twitter. So that being said, um, we will see him in week 13. And guess who he plays in week 13? None other than his former team, the Houston Texans. So, that should be fun. Uh, I am looking forward to that game. Yeah. Uh, at, Houston. Houston. Yeah, at Houston. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's going to be even more fun. <laughs> yeah. They're going to flex that to Sunday night, no matter what their records are. Oh, absolutely. They will. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, nobody else will want to watch the Texans take on the Browns at that point, because by that point, the Browns would have had a – I think the Browns would be, be lucky to be 50, 50% at that point. And we all don't. We all know the Texans barely qualify uh, as an NFL football team at this point. So um, yeah. no one else is going to watch that except for the storyline. <laughs> That's the only reason why. Uh, but I'll, I'll be there for that for sure. All right. I think we spent enough time on this one. Let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on this and move on to the next topic because we got lots of overreactions to get to in the first week of the NFL preseason. This is my favorite thing to do because we haven't seen football in all so long, and we finally see some. Guys on the field slinging the football around, and they're not even starters <laughs> for the most part. And I'm, I'm, we're going to make predictions on that, and I love it. I'm in for that. That's all. I'm all about that. So let's go. Uh, what do you got here first for us, Scott? What's your first over, thought or, or and or overreaction from the week one of the NFL preseason? Yeah. So I I, dra- I tweeted this during the game, kind of tongue in cheek, but Aiden Hutchinson is a Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, yeah. First ballot. Um, you know, I watched every snap of that game, and, and he shocked me, actually, you know, to, to see him be able to make some plays. I mean, I know it's preseason, Atlanta, whatever, but clearly uh, able to do something out there. So I, I tweeted right. it out during the he's going to the Hall of Fame. Well, that is quite the – I mean, that – so as far as overreactions go, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's a pretty good overreaction <laughs> right there to go all the way to the Hall of Fame. Um, I wasn't even so I wasn't so bold to do that. I'll give you my first one. This is gonna be a light one. 
Uh, we'll start off light here. We, you know, I, I'm going to get crazier as time goes on, but let's go ahead and start with one that I think is a little bit lighter. I'm going to say that Trey Lance is going to be a top five quarterback this season. Uh, and that actually may not be an overreaction. I mean, he actually was uh, looked great in his first preseason game against the Packers. I mean, he only had one rush, and everybody kept saying, well, is he going to just rely on his legs, and what is that going to mean to the rest of his game? But he really didn't do that. Four or five passing, 92 yards, touchdown, um, 18.4 yards per attempt. He had a perfect 158.3 passer rating. He looked good. He looked much more uh, seasoned than I expected him to be. Uh, I think sitting on the sidelines had the right impact on him. Uh, and I think that um, that the San Francisco trading up for him in 2021 looks like the right move at this point. I mean, he definitely looks like he has more uh, a bigger arm, uh, better downfield accuracy, and better athleticism than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I am a big Jimmy G supporter, but I think that he looks great, and he had a great connection to rookie Danny Green as well. So I am saying Trey Lance, top five quarterback this season. That's my reaction slash overreaction. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would actually, I would actually, you know, agree and and say I, he's definitely a top ten fantasy quarterback. I, I oh think yeah, definitely. He definitely fits in that range. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely got the weapons. And I mean, Kyle Shanahan is is, you know, whatever, however you want to rank him, top three, you know, offensive uh, masterminds in the league right now. So yeah, yeah. I think that's that's really good. Good call for sure. Yeah. All right. I feel good. We agree on this one. So far, we're. I mean, I, I couldn't quite buy into Hall of Fame. <laughs> for oh. real. I can. I can. I can buy into. He's for real. I'm not sure I could buy into Hall of Fame, but I think we're pretty close. <laughs> we're kind of trending in the right direction here. So, what do you got next? What's your next uh, reaction slash overreaction? So I'll, I'll stick with the Lions Falcons game partly because uh, Junior and I went to Falcons camp, so we oh. saw the quarterbacks. Um, up close and personal for an entire workout, and I was tweeting okay. it during the during the camp and even during the game. Desmond Ritter throws a really good ball; like mm-hmm. he has a really good spiral touch, can put it in the right place. He can get the ball in the, in place. After watching the preseason, where Mariota is running around like a crazy person um, in preseason. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota is not going to start 17 games physically or otherwise. Desmond Ritter is absolutely going to be playing uh, starting minutes for the Falcons before the end of the season. And I don't know if that's an overreaction, but you know, Mariota is not going to make it. Like, yeah. He's, he's I have a survive. feeling that Mariota wasn't going to make it anyway, but, but you know, you're, I don't think it's an overreaction. I think that's just the right reaction, <laughs> honestly, you know, right. uh, had you told me that Desmond Ritter was going to be in the hall of fame, that would be an overreaction <laughs> for sure. Um, but, but I think you have the right reaction there. I just don't think Marcus Mariota is built for this. Um, he had some flashes as a, as a backup in uh, Las Vegas. And I think that is a good place for him to be uh, is as a key very capable backup quarterback, but not necessarily a starter in the league. And um, I think it is a matter of time before Desmond Ritter gets his chance under center out there in Atlanta. Um, so, hey, not so overreactionary so far. I feel that's pretty good. I mean, the first one, I guess you're balancing out the Hall of Fame call. So that's good. I, I can buy into that, you know, a little bit. Can we get this closer to, to reality here? All right, I'm going to give – my next one is on the Eagles. I'm going to say the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. All right. And the reason why I'm going to say that, and, and I think that's very unpopular for many, for many people, particularly in New York and, um, and those in, in Dallas and in Washington as well, 
But Jalen Hurts, I think, is actually making a step forward. I mean, he, in his first um, preseason action, completed all of his passes, 6 of 6, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Perfect, again, another perfect 158.3 passer rating, just like, uh, just like uh, Trey Lance there. And he had this great 22-yard scoring strike to da- tight end Dallas Godard, who's uh, healthy. Uh, the Eagles are pivoting back to this opening up offense, and they're really expanding the weapons he has. They have A.J. Brown there now. They actually have some depth of Zach Pascal. They look good, and, and Hurts did not um, look, didn't run the ball as much, which I think is part of the plan is to not have him run the ball nine-plus times per game and, in fact, throw the ball instead. And I think he's proving from that first game, from that one game, that he can be that pocket passer that they're looking for. So I'm going to overreact and say that Jalen Hurts stepped forward this year and the Eagles win the NFC East. How do you feel about them apples? Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree that the Eagles are going to win the East. I'm I'm concerned. I mean, Washington, I think, is, is not there at all. The Giants are not there. So it's really down to them and Dallas. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, we'll talk about this later, but I have Dak on my fantasy team by accident. And <laughs> I just don't you – know, I think Zeke – you know, Zeke's touches are going to go way down. Tony Pollard's are going to go way up. Yep. Um, I don't know if that translates to wins or not. But I, I would definitely say that the Eagles are going to be right there to win the division. I'm not a big Jalen Hurts fan. I just don't think – you know, again, he's, he's more of a run-first quarterback without the arm strength and accuracy that – like Lamar, Lamar Jackson has, but mm-hmm. um, I think the Eagle. I think it's going to come down to the Eagles and the and the Cowboys in that division for sure. Okay, so maybe I'm not overreacting enough. All right, I'll try better on the next one. I'll, I'll try harder to overreact. Uh, what what do you got up next for us? Yeah, so I think I'll I'll go ahead and uh, and go after y- your favorite team, the Bears. Um, <laughs> I've been beating this drum for a while. Right, and, and I hate to keep going back to it, but Justin Fields, like the guy's not going to be an NFL quarterback. I just, I don't think he's one. I don't know that he has the weapons, right? I mean, who's who's he really thrown to? Command, right, probably the best target. Um, don't think he's got you know the skill set or, or what's around him, and I don't think he finishes the season as a starter um, because of play, poor play. I think he's going to end yeah. up on the bench. Well, I, I just don't see any reason for us to bench him because the Bears don't really have a plan B. <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, you know what? Let's just ride out the rest of the season. And if it ends up that we end up with the first draft pick in the NFL draft next year, then so be it. Um, that being said, uh, I don't totally disagree, but I think it's not a, really a skill set problem. I think he can be successful in the right system. We didn't do anything to, to help him out really on the offensive line, and we really didn't give him any targets whatsoever. I think Cole Komet has some upside. I certainly think Darnell Mooney is, a, is, a, is starting to step out as a breakout guy, but I just don't think they gave him enough weapons, um, and I don't think that they gave him enough protection. And that kind of showed a little bit. I mean, he, he took a sack, took two sacks in the preseason game. Clearly not a good thing to do, <laughs> you know. So uh, I think that is going to be a problem for him. Uh, all the way around. So, I, again, I don't think that's an overreaction because as a Bears fan, I want to be optimistic. I have my Justin Fields jersey. Uh, I hope it remains relevant for another, yeah. another year. <laughs> that's all I'm hoping for yeah. because, man, have I been just grinding through jerseys. It's just not working for me, man. It's <laughs> not working for me at all. You know that like at one point Amex had this jersey insurance. You ever hear about that? You can buy a jersey, yeah. and if your team the guy gets traded, you, they'll give you your money back so you can buy another one. 
It yep. was a great deal. It was a great deal. They don't have it anymore, probably because of me. You know, because <laughs> me and yeah. buying Bears jerseys has been totally screwing me over. So, man, I have enough jerseys well, to fill an entire team worth of has-been players on the Bears at this point. It's ridiculous. Um, it says something about the Bears franchise. All right. I'm going to go a little bit deeper this time. I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to take one out of your book, okay? Travis Etienne is going to be a Hall of Fame running back. How about them apples, huh? Oh. Travis Etienne, he, uh, he was a uh, 2021 first-rounder. Everyone knows that. He's making up for lost time after tearing his ACL before his rookie season. He looked really fantastic in training camp all the way around. Great top marks all the way across. Runs really, I mean, he runs ra- great routes for a running back. Looks shifty, looks fast. Had great burst of speed, um, and he is, you know, gets that second level quick. He had he had ten touches and thirty three yards against the Browns, so it wasn't like it was a breakout performance or anything. But I've bought on to the hype train on Travis Etienne. Have I bought on too much? Is this have I gone too far this time? I uh, I think the problem down there in Jacksonville is that. Is he going to get enough time running the ball to show his skill set, right? I mean, this team's going to be mm-hmm. behind all season. He can catch the ball. He might end up with 150 targets. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think he's somebody on the radar, but I think there's so many problems down there. I don't know that he can show his skill set. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he can. That's okay. He'll make the Hall of Fame when he uh, breaks out next year. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's got Great a couple years left in his – I think he can do it. Yeah, why not? With, I'm going to go a little crazy. With, with the, uh, he'll re-sign with, like, the Patriots or something and go to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right, exactly. And we'll all be angry about it. It's going to be fantastic. Right. Um, so, okay, what do, you, what do you have? Do you have another one for us? I'll go one. This will be my last one. I'll, okay. I'll say Aaron Rodgers throws for 5,000 yards this year. Whoa. Okay. Interesting. To I think you, his – to who? <laughs> That's the question I think we all want to know. <laughs> to be determined. So, yeah, TBD. I mean, got, yeah, right. We'll, we'll wait and see who shows up, who gets cut right. on last cut. Um, you know, I think he's I think he's getting really discounted. I mean, this guy's back-to-back MVP. I'm a Lions fan. You're a Bears fan. We hate the guy for yeah. beating our team. But Absolutely. Like you can't deny his skill set, right? And yeah, he's got. I mean, I w- I was actually reminded today on the radio, Sammy Watkins is on this team. Did Did you remember that? Because I yeah I'll be honest, yeah I did <laughs> I did. I did. He's got he's got Christian Watson who hopefully gets gets healthy. You know, whatever Sammy Watkins can can produce. Uh, Randall Cobb, you know, still going to catch a few balls. Lazard. So I think he is one of the quarterbacks in this league that makes everybody else better, right? I mean, that's clearly a thing. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon can run the ball, so teams have to respect the run. So I think he's going to distribute the ball around. One of these young guys is going to catch on. Maybe Sammy Watkins has a resurgence, and and Rodgers goes for – 5,000 yards this year. Wow. Wow. Okay. You, let me give you one more then in our favorite division, the NFC North. I'm going to say, now I'm going to really go out. I'm going to go for it here. Kellen Mond is going to be the Vikings franchise quarterback. How about them? Apples, wow. huh? <laughs> Mike Zimmer hey, you know. hated him, right? Mike Zimmer hated Kellen Mond yeah. uh, after the Vikings took him in the third round of 2021 NFL draft. 
looked like that it was just going to be that forever. No more Mike Zimmer, you know, there's new people in charge. Mon is getting another chance and he looked good. He pretty much locked down the backup QB job in his first appearance in the preseason. Uh, he pushed the ball downfield. He was accurate. He finished nine for 14, 109 yards and two touchdowns. Am I wrong? Kellen Mon, Vikings franchise quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. I, I don't know. Cousins is getting up there. I don't know if he's going to finish the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, little little Aggie action coming on the yeah. field. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could I could see him definitely playing this year. I, I think Cousins, you know, like I said, he's getting up there. Maybe he goes down or, or just doesn't perform. But, yeah, new regime. Uh, they're not married to the Cousins deal anyways. I mean, he's yeah. got that huge I mean, they're, they're married to it. They have to pay him. But, yeah, they didn't make the deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Alimony. Hey, we got a, so we got a caller here. Who's, uh, who's our caller? Hey, how you doing, man? This is Nas. Hey, Nas, how you doing? I, I know we've, you've been on the show before. Tell us, uh, get a question for us? Uh, yeah, I'm on, on the Aaron Rodgers thing. I, I think – I don't know. I think the comments are kind of overblown. Like, this is just grouchy old men being grouchy old men complaining about <laughs> the young guys. But I think essentially, like he just said, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones get the majority of the work, and we see Alan Lazard kind of get the homeboy touchdowns that yep. <laughs> that he used to give to his friend uh, before he <laughs> left town. So I, I think yeah. he just does that for Lazard. They get down on the five, they can't punch it in, and they do some type of, you know, Short action and they just feed them all day. So, I, I don't think are, the new Devontae Adams is what you're saying. Who? <laughs> well, I'm not saying as far as I'm not saying as far as numbers, but as far as yeah. like where the big production comes and right. ultimately we're fantasy football. We care about touchdowns, right? So yeah, yeah, of course. The touchdowns will be there, and yeah, if if Aaron Jones can possibly stay healthy all season, who knows? But yeah, I'm I'm heavy on AJ Dillon, so. That's all I wanted to add, man, because everybody's yeah. talking about this Packers thing. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks, Nas, for throwing that in. And I told, I actually agree. I mean, my, as much as I hate the Packers, as much as I hate Aaron Rodgers, uh, as much as I hate all everything Wisconsin, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just that uh, he just does make everyone around him better, as you said, Scott. And I do think that Alan Lazard, absolutely, Aaron, Ro- Aaron Jones, definitely, uh, as long as he stays healthy. So all those things are there, you know, and. I've always said that you know Aaron Rodgers is one of those types that can be added into almost any setting and be good and make everyone else good. Um, he is. I hate to say this because he kept he referred to himself as the Last Dance, and I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. But he's kind of like Michael Jordan. He makes everyone around him better, uh, and I and I I have no doubt that he will do that again this year. I am just hopeful that he doesn't. That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm just hopeful that he doesn't. All right. Thanks for calling in. Or, I appreciate or we it. get the fatal flaw again of him not wanting to uh, do anything risky and we right. get the typical Aaron Rodgers kind of bowing out in the playoff situation. And last yeah. thing, did you guys jump in the best ball this year? Because it seems like everybody's playing best ball now. Well, I, I play best ball every year, and I know that Scott's played a lot of best ball as well. And and I, you know we can we can spend a whole episode talking about best ball strategy. But you have you have a question about it? No, no, no. I just wanted to know if you guys were in, man. Because oh, absolutely, I'm way too deep this year. Yeah, <laughs> so it is what it Trust is. Me. But no, you and I, me I'm both. Uh, <laughs> we are we are all in way too deep. That is that is why we're here. Absolutely, I love best ball though. It's a great it's a great uh, it's a great way to play fantasy football and doesn't require you to do anything during the season. 
that's my favorite kind. <laughs> They're low, low management there. All right. Thanks so right. much. We, we just have to be accurate with no information, you know? That's so right. That's right. To be accurate with no information. And that's what we do every week. We're accurate with no information. So that's what so this works out great for us. So, all right. Thanks a lot. All right, man. All right. Well, that was Nas. And all right. So let's get, a, you know, talking about fantasy football, Scott, we should get to our last topic of the day. Let's get to the fantasy football, shall we? Let's go ahead and hit the boxing <laughs> bell here and talk about our first draft of the season, which is for the football garbage time, eighth annual fantasy football league. Do you believe that? This is our eighth year. Wow. This? Isn't that crazy? crazy. I, time flies, right? I'm just like, oh, my God, how old are we? <laughs> that uh, kind of sucks. A, I've got a league that's doing year 20. One or 22. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that obviously is even longer <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You know, once you get to multiple decades, it starts to get yeah. a little bit like, I mean, think about it this way. When you started that league, um, The Matrix was still a new movie. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? like nobody had ever seen bullet time at that point. They're like, what? Bullet time? Holy crap. They can slow things down. Yeah. It's out of control. And uh, and there you are starting your fantasy football league at the same time. So uh, kudos, you, you and Keanu Reeves. Um, so let's talk about our uh, draft, shall we? So as the, just so everyone knows, it's a PPR 12-team league, and it has um, two quarterbacks. It's a two-quarterback league. Um, so we talk, start two quarterbacks in every in every uh, uh, every week. So it does change the dynamics of drafting a little bit. Although some decide to stick with the more um, more traditional drafting strategy. So why don't you talk about your draft a little bit here, uh, Scott? What did you learn? Yeah, I think, you know, going into this season, I, I think I said it last year, too, that um, running back early strategy is back, right? There was, this, there was a phase, you know, five, um, maybe almost ten years where running yeah. backs were devalued and everybody was saying, you know, oh, running backs don't matter in fantasy. And then you get guys like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor on a team, and all of a sudden – running backs are going for 1,800 yards again. So um, my strategy was running back early. You know, it was the number one pick. I had 10, um, and I grabbed Derrick Henry at 10, uh, and I was mm-hmm. really happy about that. I'd, I'd seen him drop in, in some drafts. I think there's a bit of an overreaction to the in- injury. I had him last year and suffered through him being out of the out of the, the league there with mm-hmm. the foot injury, but he came back in the playoffs didn't do much, but he's fully healthy, still Derrick Henry. So I'm really happy with grabbing a running back uh, that late in the first draft. And, and you know, Derrick Henry's never a bad pick. Yeah, no. and But, you know, obviously our draft goes, will go a little bit different than most, a lot of other drafts, because we had four quarterbacks going in the first round. And because we had the two quarterback um, set up, um, I, I would think that at most only – you know, at most, most, I think only Josh Allen would likely go in the first round. I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes go in the first round like they did in, in our league because of the two quarterback setup. They might go, you know, second, third round. Uh, so, you know, th- I think then you have to kind of weigh, well, which what are we going to do at that point? Because our, our, that's the one thing I took away from being in the two quarterback league is by the end of the second round, almost all the premier quarterbacks were gone. I mean, four of the first 12 picks were quarterbacks. And then of the next 12 picks, we had um, four, let's see here, five quarterbacks go. So like nine quarterbacks in the first two rounds. So out of the first 24, um, first 24 picks, almost half of them quarterbacks. So certainly if you want to get those guys, you got to get them early. And people are getting, stocking up two, three at a time. 
I think the thing to think about is, can you find, there's not 36 quarterbacks you want to have in a fantasy football roster. <laughs> there just isn't. It's right. impossible. And um, there's 12 teams. So um, someone's going to be out in the cold on one of those bye weeks and going to have to be scrapping for hopefully a, a injury replacement. So it's going to be really tough. So, but Derrick Henry, you're right. Always a good move. Um, I had the sixth pick and I was very pleased to get Christian McCaffrey at that point, particularly in our uh, PPR setup. I think he's going to have uh, the only problem of course there is that he is often injured and I am a little bit worried about what's going to happen there. I think that Baker Mayfield will start. And if so, I think he'll get a bump from that. Um, but I do, I do worry a little bit about Christian McCaffrey in most other leagues. Um, but at six, I felt like it was a pretty good deal. All right. Tell us what else did you learn about from the draft last night? Yeah, I I had noticed before in some of the rankings and looking at where the players were landing, that there was a group of wide receivers that uh, in that like 15-ish range that I just didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing some mocks and kind of seeing how things things land. But one thing that, that kind of stood out to me uh, in this draft is it kind of comes back around, right? So I'm not, I'm not a huge on DJ Moore right now with the Baker situation, AJ Brown, you know, new team, Mike Williams is, is kind of touch play dependent DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Now, these are some names that are kind of landing in that 10, 15, 12 to 18. But if you, depending on how your rankings go, once you drop down, say in the twenties, now you start seeing Amon Ross St. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Darnell Mooney, uh, you know, Juju, yeah. Gabriel Davis. So it I love what Gabriel I Davis here. Yeah. Was that I kind of waited on running or wide receiver because I went running back, running back. Then I went quarterback, mm-hmm. quarterback because of right. the, the situation you in. So coming around in the fifth round, I grabbed Deontay Johnson, which I'm not, you know, overly excited about. But then, I mean, if I go down to in the ninth round, I grab Michael Thomas. Right, right. Fully healthy, you know, back. And then Amon Ross St. Brown in the yeah, tenth he round. He really did. Yep. Yeah, and so I was, I was really interested to see, you know, you can wait. You can either get a guy early, then you can wait a little bit, and then get a ton of value late. I mean, Hunter Renfro is way down. Like, people are totally – I mean, yeah, Adams is there. But, anyways, that, that really stood out to me with wide receivers. There's there's kind of a pocket where you could wait and and then come in late. So, you can you could go running back early, maybe even grab, like, a, a Kittle, which I did, and then still come back around and get some good value at wide receiver. Yeah, and and I will say so. I will say I agree with that. I love late wide receiver value, but I will say the one thing I thought was interesting is that there's an initial run on court on running back. We all expected that, but then there's a really good set of running backs that you can wait and get in the tenth round or later that actually was available in the tenth round or later in our league. Chase Edmonds in Miami, who I think will probably take the lion's share there eventually, and if not, he'll at least get the pass catching duties, and I think that's huge for PPR. Um, Devin Singletary was there. Rashad Penny, who I love right now because of the, the injuries they have there to Kenneth Walker and others. Um, I think that Rashad Penny will have the first crack of, uh, of every down carries over there in Seattle. So I th- And I think they're going to rely on him a lot because they don't have a lot behind center right now. So I love that in the 10th round. Uh, and uh, there are others that are out there. Miles Sanders was there in the 10th round. 
I thought that's, you know, a good value if you want to take him because right now he was uh, presumably the starter in, uh, in, for the Eagles. And you got Corderell Patterson in the 11th round. And I understand they're going to try to tamper down his touches a little bit, but he's still Corderell Patterson. He's still catching passes out of the backfield, and I think he can still be good. And I know that everyone likes to sleep in Melvin Gordon every year, but he's also available in the 10th round. So, you know, I think there is a lot out there in terms of running back value. Like if you miss, you get like one anchor running back in that first or second round and you want to wait a little bit, or you get two running backs kind of middle of the group and you want to get a third one, that 10th round, there's some great value there. And that probably will be a little bit different in a regular one quarterback league. It'd probably be elevated to the eighth round or so, maybe even seventh round. But I think that's some good, that's some good value there. If you want to wait on your second running back until the seventh round and then, you know, hold out to the end. And there's some great deep cuts there. You can take it running back that I think a lot of people are overlooking that can, that are going very, very late in drafts and um, you know, th- that you could probably get some value from, you know, like for instance, I think that Damian Pierce out of Houston uh, went in the 13th round, 149th overall in our draft. I think probably in a one quarterback lead, that'd be more like 10th or 11th round, but Damian Pierce has great skill set, And I think he is going to be the lead running back in Houston for sure. The before mid season. So Lots of great value there for running backs as well late. And then one more thing I want to point out, Chris Godwin. I know he's coming off an injury, folks, but come on. I mean, I got him in the 11th round, and that was reaching. I had to reach to the where he was ranked in Yahoo was like two rounds later than that. So quite frankly, everybody go out there and draft. Keep an eye out for Chris Godwin because I think that he hasn't been ranked very high uh, because of he's coming off injury. And he may not even play in the first game back of the season, but I will take – two-thirds of a season of Chris Godwin in the 11th round any day of the week. You know, I just don't – I don't understand why he's going that late. I, I know there's an injury, yeah. but I just don't understand why he's going that late. Um, yeah, all right. Yep. I'll just add one other thing. You know, we yep. talked about um, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon before, and, and I had Aaron Jones last year, and I purposely drafted A.J. Dillon. Yeah. There's a handful of guys with clear-cut – backups right dalvin cook uh, madison you've got um you've got uh aaron jones and aj Dillon. so if you're going in with one of these guys that has a very clear backfield jonathan taylor naheem hines grab that it is going to and just sit on it if you can don't don't take the fourth wide receiver in green bay because you think watson (laughs) is going to have a big season like trust me Derrick Henry went, went down, and and I was stuck. But fortunately, I had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Jones missed time. A.J. Dillon filled in. I had Chase Edmonds, and I traded for John Connor, mm-hmm. James Connor, John, John Connor's uh, Terminator. The Terminator. James <laughs> Connor. And, right. and it won me the, the my money league. It, it absolutely – those backup running backs – when I lost Derrick Henry, carried me to to a win. Or, yeah. I, you know, if you think about it, you lose, you know, last year I think I had the second, third pick, whatever it was, you grab Derrick Henry, you're done, right? I mean, yeah. pack it yep. in. Yep. You know, That's hustle right. the waiver wire, make the trades, you know, get the backups. And I had to play, you know, Chase Edmonds backup, and I had to play A.J. Dillon. And, I, you know, right. you, you got to hustle on this stuff, but – yeah, and, and Henry really did not have a backup. He did not have a clear-cut no. backup. Last year. So so that made it extra hard <laughs> on people. Yeah. I was in that same position yeah. that you were in a lot, Derrick Henry, and I'm like, 
you know, I got McNichols, I got all these people, and none of them panned out. So, um, yeah, yeah, it just goes to show. If you're the clear-cut guy, like you say, go take them. Go take them for sure. And that, my friends, is the end of the show. Let's go ahead and the air horn on the show here. We went into overtime. We went into overtime here, Scott. We actually went overtime by 10, 10 minutes here because that's how much we love our listeners. We wanted to give them all our insights on this draft. So we gave them 10 minutes of overtime. Um, so, hey, why don't you give us your, uh, your social media so people can follow you? Yes, find me at, uh, at NFL Fantasy underscore more. Um, lots of lines talk, lots of fantasy. NASCAR is heating up for yes. three people that it. Um, so be following <laughs> that. And, uh, you know, rankings and sit starts, it's, it's back. I, I, yep. I took it to the off season, but ready to roll and uh, excited, excited for the season. That's for sure. And Scott does not hold back, folks. So let loose, bring it. Let loose. He's a big boy. He can take it. Just <laughs> go ahead and do it. I've seen more than one Twitter fight out, out, out there. So if you want to pick one, Scott's your man. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, you Let's can go. follow me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time and on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time page. And as always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. <laughs>